0: Think about the most professional business person you know. Have you ever wondered how they run their business? Have you ever wanted to corner them and make them sit down and make a podcast? Well, that may not be me, but I'm here anyway. You're joining me, Nicole McCabe. And me, Joanne McCauley. So So let's let's get get down down to business. business. Hi, you've tuned into Let's Get Down to Business. Today, you're joining me, Nicole McCabe, and I'm interviewing a very interesting business owner. Uh, That business owner now happens to be Erica Hedega. Erica, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, Hi, I'm uh, the CEO and founder of The Creative Element based in Canberra ACT.
0: Ah, awesome. Erica, what does the creative element do?
1: So predominantly we do uh, rapid prototyping and light-run manufacturing, but we also help with innovation programs and education outreach.
0: For people who have no idea what that means, can you break that down into really women's terms?
1: Absolutely. If you've got an idea of something that you want made, if it involves hardware or software predominantly, you can come to us and we can show you how to make it. We can even teach you how to make it yourself so that you actually get to be hands-on in producing your own product start to finish, um, basically in Australian manufacturing.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I mean, I say this as if I haven't been actively involved in your business in the past. <laughs> so what I could effectively do is if I had a like product idea, uh, like a fishing rod or something that needed to be customized, I could literally come to you guys and you could assist me in manufacturing that and designing it. Absolutely. Yep. We've actually
1: had something similar to that come through previously for rock fishing. Oh,
0: that that is cool as hell. All right, well, let's get into the nitty-gritty core questions, because, uh, you know, neither one of us have a lot of time while I self-quarantined, but uh, Erica, can you provide us with a rundown of your career, and the career path that you have taken to basically become a CEO of a rapid prototyping company?
1: Yeah, so I've got a very um, non-traditional pathway that I took, so... Uh, I don't actually have a, a qualification or a degree to my name aside from a grade 12 certificate. So um, my career in this field actually started about five years ago where I started self-educating um, in e- electronics and hardware and, and uh, RC robotics um, and then took it from basically a hobbyist level to realizing I should really be out there turning this into a business and that it's got some monetary value behind it but also wanting to maintain a really strong education element to it to make sure that I could share the knowledge that I was finding for free online with other people who might be interested.
0: How did you like land on robotics? Like, what appealed to you about that industry?
1: Totally out of the blue, uh, that I fell in love with it, but it was actually right in front of my face. I was with a, uh, an ex partner who was a mechatronics engineer, um, and he introduced me to the world of combat robotics, uh, which Realistically, my involvement came from being extremely bored, uh, and I've always liked making things like arts craft sort of thing. Uh, And then because I was so bored and I had nothing else around, I just went, I'll give this a try and see what it's like, and ended up finding out it was absolutely something that I love.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And then you did this weird thing where you went out, got a government grant, and shared it with children.
1: Yes. Yeah. So (laughs) that was through the the Innovation Agenda and the uh, Women in STEM and Entrepreneurship Grant. Very very lucky to actually receive that.
0: Yeah. So as some background, uh, Erica, through the creative element, used to run, um, and probably still may, uh, the STEM Cells Program, which was about upskilling. So I don't want to use the term teenage girls, but we're looking at young women in high school and uh, basically getting involved with STEM and developing their own business ideas and their own products, which was fantastic to be involved in and having Erica as that Leader in that space, being able to provide engaging content from her own background of self educating was freaking amazing. So, Erica, would you like to talk a little bit more about stem cells or what you're working on at the moment, if you can?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, stem cells was basically a way of formalizing what I was trying to do anyway. Um, a lot of people have their kids in after school care programs, um, but they're very, very much cut and paste all of the time. There are some really good ones out there, but as far as programs for girls in science, tech, and engineering. Very, very limited choices and very limited places. Uh, It's really hard to get good quality educational material and tools and equipment for something like STEM because it does require a lot of consumables and hands-on materials and uh, a space to actually do it in. So if you're doing chemistry and physics, that can get quite messy or quite explosive. If you're doing things like electronics and robotics, you obviously need to have the parts and the equipment. So STEM cells was a great way to create An after school program that had a really, really high level of self-directed learning support and materials and resources and thankfully the federal government at the time had the funding available for that Uh, and it ended up being the best two years of my life whilst we were running it and I don't say that tongue-in-cheek at all. It was legitimately the most fun I've had in a working environment. We had 20 girls tops every time come through a season and we got to work one-on-one every single week with these kids teaching them how to do... Things from programming to like one of them made their own Wi-Fi nodes so that they could get anonymous feedback to their teacher about whether they understood the topic that was being discussed. Would get picked on for not knowing the answer. Another student who had uh, a cochlear implant was scared of being alone in public because she thought she wouldn't hear fire alarms and she'd be get she'd get left behind. So she actually created a, a sensor that picked up when fire alarms were going off that vibrated. Uh, wristband that she was wearing so she felt safe in public so all of the skills and free resources that are available can be condensed into some pretty inspiring and incredible projects that these girls came up with themselves so I just got to be the channel for that
0: oh that's that's so cool Um, I, don't, I don't want to brush past this because it is really interesting. Um, but, you know, in the theme of staying into some kind of direction in this, because we could probably talk about stem cells all day, we're just going to, you know, pivot on ahead. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. so I know both you and I have a very similar impression of failure, but I learned my impression of failure as like a starting point for changing direction in business, uh, mostly from working with you. But have you ever had a failure that's helped you reassess or pivot your direction in business?
1: Yeah, so my workshop manager, Tom, actually says I have a really weird relationship with failure. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: he says the things that, think, that most people think of failures, I don't see as failures. And I think that sounds very hallmarky, but it's true. So when things go wrong for me, I'm always trying to hunt for what do I do now uh, instead of lingering on, oh, that didn't work terribly well. Um, so for one example, we had to make you, you know, intimately this example, cause I dragged you in to help me out. Uh, I, I, got a job where I had to make a whole bunch of board game parts and originally the client wanted injection molding. So we bought an injection molder, We bought thousands and thousands of dollars worth of injection mold plastic and we started the first run. And as soon as we took them over the display pieces, they didn't like seam on them, so I'd already invested all of this money and time in getting everything ready to do an injection molding run, and then we had to pivot and start doing hand casting over 3,000 board game parts. So
0: In liquid that's a, resin. That's a yeah. financial
1: <laughs> fail. That's a planning and uh, expectation management fail. Uh, the upside of that is I now have an injection molder and I have a 3D printer that makes blinds for it. Um, I have tons of plastic, and I can say that that's a capability that I've got in my company now that I didn't have beforehand. So I pivoted quite nicely on that one straight into molding because it was a skill set that I knew I could leverage to get the job done. It meant I had to drag a bunch of friends in to help me at all hours. <laughs> but uh, it wasn't a failure for me in the sense that I, I was able to recover financially because we got the rest of the job done using another method that was actually cheaper. And I, I now have a new capability in the business. So there's always something you can do with a fail. It's never actually a full-blown terrible thing or maybe I've just been really lucky and quite naive and I haven't had anything catastrophic happen to me yet.
0: No, I think it's Uh. really important to enforce that you can fall back on other skills and what you do at The Creative Element quite well is you think outside of the box. So uh, coming from traditional business models, it's just really interesting to see a management team that can... Basically, turn an idea on its head and keep going. Um, so, that was crucially important, I guess, to learn from that and um, see it pass through in something that all of our listeners can learn from. There is always another way. You just have to step out of the moment, take a breath and rethink, I guess, where you're coming yeah. from.
1: It happens a lot in innovation and product design. You'll always get people come in who are so sold on how they think it's going to happen. And the thing is, you you enter a chaos vortex as soon as you start building projects and prototypes, because what you start with is never what you finish with, and if you actually genuinely subscribe to rapid prototyping, then you also need to realize that what you think it's going to be is never what it ends up as, and it's not about you, it's about what your customer needs or what your project is for or who's going to use it, so... Very unlikely that you, as the person who started the project, is actually going to finish it in the way that's the most suitable for the, the ideal outcome at the end. So there's at least one or two pivots in every project.
0: <laughs> at least, at least one or two. <laughs> All right. Um, so, no segues because I am terrible at segues. Do you have any non negotiables to help you balance your work life? Because obviously, you've got a workshop full of. I'm not going to say terrifying machinery, but I I guess I'm going to run with that. You've got a lot of things bouncing back and forth and a lot of sort of concurrent projects running at the same time. How do you keep things running smoothly?
1: It really comes down to my team and trusting that they will support me. So... Obviously, with the coronavirus kicking off and self-isolation and social distancing, all of that sort of stuff, I really need to know that I can rely on my team and, and have that trust in them. So picking the people that you work with based on who they are as people is more important than their skill sets. So a non-negotiable for me is is trust and loyalty and, and that everyone has mutual respect, not just for each other, but for the, the work that we do and the place that we work from uh and that's that's non-negotiable so I, I'll, I'll hire a good person with the right personality and the right blend for the team way more than someone who's got the right skill set ev- every day
0: and that is <laughs> yeah i always
1: break that old business rule of don't hire your friends because you, you know who your friends are and, and it's a lot easier to trust your friends off the bat
0: yeah than it is trying to flesh out a the right place yeah relationship with someone brand new uh who you know, may have some quality skills to bring to the table, but if they don't work in your team, they're not going to work for you. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, crucially important. So, is there anything in your daily routine or a tip that you have that keeps you on track at work? So, this could be soft or habits that you've formed. Um, Is there anything that you want to plug, I guess, that keeps the creative element running?
1: Yeah, there's a few things I've picked up over the years. A good friend of mine got me onto a software package called Trello, uh, which is a really good tool. Free as well for, for managing multiple projects, and I use that for my to-do list every day. So I actually use a couple of things. I've had a lot of really good advisors over the years tell me how to how to learn how to prioritize and, and work out what is actually urgent important as opposed to what I just think is urgent and important. So learning how to prioritize, and I use Trello to do that, it's really helpful, but it also means I can track everybody else's projects that they're working on simultaneously, uh, and it means we don't have to keep having endless meeting ad nauseum for things that could just be communicated via the Trello board. So it's actually come in handy now that we're starting to head into self-isolation because I don't need to keep Zooming or Skyping to have chats to see what
0: to see where they're up to. Yeah, it's um, it's crucially important now, I think. Definitely, as we phase crucial. into this. Uh, and it's something that I plugged myself in the first first run through this Trello is amazing. So we'll include a link in the show notes if anyone's interested in giving it a crack. The free software, it is phenomenal. And there are a heap of buy and upgrades that you can use, um, but crucial for working remotely with teams that need to work independently. So this is a tough one. Hey, if you could go back uh, to yourself before you started this current career, what advice would you give?
1: Oh, Tricky. Uh, be more curious and spend <laughs> Just... more time learning things. Um, I think I'm pretty happy with how things have gone. I don't have regrets on how my career turned out or, how, or, or the fact that I started quite late in life down this path. Because uh, everything I did beforehand was really valuable for what I do now. But I would say be more curious about things and question things more. I don't think I spent a lot of time actually questioning why things were the way they were around me. I just accepted them and did what everybody else was doing. And and I realise now just how much value there is in actually actively and critically thinking about why the world is the way it is around
0: you. Which is, again, so important. Uh, You mentioned that you started quite late in life. Do you mind me asking, Erica, how old were you when you got into tech, I guess, as a career?
1: Oh, well... I'm, I'm 32 this year and I started five years ago. <laughs> do, um, the <laughs> do the math, do the math. It's on the opposite, tell everyone how old I am. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it feels like we all get into this weird fixated pressure when we're going through school to pick a career, pick a direction, and I know it has changed significantly since we were both in high school. Oh, God. The fact that you've been able to sort of, Live this fearlessly, I think, is really important that it doesn't really matter when you start. You can achieve something. And like as a low-key plug, humble brag on your behalf, you did just take out Young Business Woman of the Year, correct me if I'm wrong, for the Canberra Women in Business Awards. Did you not?
1: Yes, I did. That was one hell of a shock.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I guess uh, what we can really draw from this is you can start at any time. There is uh, free software out there to get you started. You've just got to be passionate and know where to look and probably engage some of those networks. (laughs) We're going to head into a break quickly, but you'll be joining Erica and I um, back here in, oh, for you, it'll be just about 20 seconds. Thanks.
1: This episode of Getting Down to Business is brought to you by MAPT Consulting. And I have Nicole McCabe
0: here, who is the founder of MAPT Consulting. So, can you tell us what it's about, Nick? Oh, well, MAPT Consulting gets into your business and conducts financial projects from start to finish. So, the idea behind MAPT is that we get in, we write the procedures for you, and we get your staff upskilled to be compliant as well as efficient sounds kind of boring when you put it that way. (laughs) But it's very necessary and I'm sure it won't be boring if you're helping with it.
1: (laughs) Okay so let's get down to business.
0: Hey you're joining us again uh, us being Nicole McCabe, me and Erica Hedega from The Creative Element. Uh, So Erica, your origin story is one that I have a tendency to, again, low-key humble brag to my friends because it's actually insanely interesting. You had mentioned earlier that you are self-taught in your field, uh, that you don't have a degree. Can you give our listeners a little bit of insight in what led you to being self-taught?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's a little bit depressing, uh, but quite... An interesting story, like Nicole said, I basically got very, very sick um, about six years ago. Um, I've always had eczema uh, and dermatitis, but it got really, really out of hand um, to the point where my face was cracking and peeling and my, my eyelids would start bleeding when I was thinking, and um, every part of me was sore and swollen and poppy, Um and it turns out uh, my immune system was attacking myself, uh, so I needed to go into isolation. I was using heavy amounts of medications and creams and all sorts of stuff and basically couldn't leave the house and was in a bedroom um, with a air scrubber and a humidifier and all sorts of horrible noisy beefy machines and that was pretty much where I was trapped and I was stuck like that for about three months. Um, and in that time... There is only so much Netflix you can watch. There's only so many cartoons the TV shows that still hold your interest. So um, I had a choice to either uh, try and numb myself out, take a whole bunch of sleeping pills and try and just pass the time or do something proactive. And I chose the latter and I started looking at um, YouTube and a whole bunch of online education resources. And I'd already discovered that I was kind of interested in, in robots at that stage but I didn't really know what I was doing and um, my partner at the time, bless his soul, is probably the worst teacher I've ever had. Uh, He was doing his PhD in mechatronics, so trying to explain beginner level electronics was not his bag, Um, nor did he particularly have the time or the interest at that stage. So what I ended up doing was kidnapping a whole bunch of his electronics equipment from the spare bedroom, dragging it into my room and Uh, slowly watching YouTube tutorials to teach myself how to build basic things. Um, I think the first thing I can remember printing on a 3D printer that I had was a a rupee light from Zelda and learning how to build the electronics in that. Uh, It got the wrong kind of LED and it was way too bright and it ended up melting and catching fire to the, the plastic rupee. But I I learned from there and I just kept building more and more electronics and and finding more and more free resources to teach myself um, until I was actually not too bad at it.
0: And, you know, not lighting fires anymore. Although that is a blatant lie. I have been in so many scenarios with you where you've accidentally lit a fire somewhere in the workshop or an apartment or, you know, someone else's workshop. It's a... it's, oh, it's
1: always accidentally on purpose every time.
0: Yeah, you know, just mild explosives. Why not? Uh, so yes. I guess it's, it's really safe to say that you're super passionate about open and inclusive education then, huh?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I spent years and years thinking I was a, a failure because I had tried university four separate times and I dropped out each time and I just thought, God, I'm such an idiot and I've, I, I'm never going to be able to get a decent job never going to get a good career because I just can't get through uni and I must be an idiot. And it wasn't until I started learning all of this stuff online and finding all of these wonderful communities of people who are willing to support and teach me and show me what inclusive education and and open source tools were that I realized I'm not an idiot. I'm actually incredibly capable and and able to build some things that most people wouldn't even attempt. Um, And I was doing it so rapidly, and I was acquiring new skills so quickly, uh, it actually forced me to have a whole uh, perspective change on, on who I was as a person and what I was capable of.
0: Oh, that's, it's it's just such a beautiful origin story. It, it makes me warm and fuzzy inside. I mean, there's the gross skin <laughs> sloughing bits, but sorry if you lost bud, <laughs> not to like downplay it bad at all, but uh, it just, uh, it really really makes me question, and it always has, uh, coming from a career that focuses probably on some of the most boring aspects of humanity, being uh, taxation law. Um, like, it makes me wonder, if you were going to tell an average smuck, um, what are the steps you would need to take to sort of start your career again? So how did you begin? Would you say you start with something that you're passionate about and then seek further education or the networks that we can get in touch with? How did you restart everything?
1: So for me, it absolutely started from a point of autumn, uh, which not everyone will have. Mm. Uh, but after <laughs> that, yeah, maybe. Uh, after that, it just came down to things that I was interested in. So one of the resources I was looking at, Adafruit, um, they have a whole bunch of tutorials for some really interesting things. So it came down to quite practical things to make. So, you know, I broke a TV remote and if you're trapped in a bedroom for three months and your remote control breaks, that's a problem. <laughs>
0: that's a problem. Uh, especially
1: because you can't go out and get a new one. But what I could do was order the parts in. So it started from a, uh, a point of interest and, and practicality. So projects were really important and projects that I cared about were really important. So the passion behind it is, is key. So in that specific example, it was I was really trying to fix problems that I had for myself which is where a lot of startups and innovation comes from is is seeing a problem and trying to find an answer to solve it and then really being passionate about why it needs to be done so once I finally was healthy enough to leave the house my passion was I've been made to feel like an idiot and incapable um, and not worth anything because I can't get a university degree this is ridiculous that this is how I've been for most of my life and look at what I can do now. And my passion is I need to find other people who are feeling the same and try and fix it for them. So starting a business in education and prototyping, finding that new career for me was because I really cared about it. And I was a bit mad about it. Um, (laughs) It kind of helped as well. Uh, But at the core of it, I just loved making the things that I was making. So project based learning is huge and actually caring about what you're doing is huge. Um, it's also a really good avenue for more women to get into tech space because we're, we're statistically better at making products. We, we tend to make things that don't get considered as important as things like software and big data and all that sort of fun, deep tech stuff. Um, but what I have noticed is a lot of my clients are really good at making tools for people with disabilities. Um, for parents with kids that were struggling with hygiene or eating habits or... Um, products that would help you around the home which just because it's not big sexy AI and augmented reality VR doesn't mean it has less value and it's absolutely something that a lot of people care about because it's a problem that they have every day in their life that they're trying to solve.
0: Oh, So I just, I say this all the time um, and this is probably I guess the picture of you that I've built up in my head. You're the kind of person who has built a community that you maybe didn't have access to. Um, So you sort of pulled people together and especially women uh, when it comes to STEM fields, which can be quite daunting. You've, I mean, you've hit them early, (laughs) teenagers, and really encouraged them to sort of balance that fear of failure with actually achieving something that is valuable and useful and important and it's not just the skills, the products that they can develop uh, in here locally, so Australia, Canberra in particular, but all around the world from your own lounge room. It's uh, crucially important and very inspiring.
1: Absolutely. Um, If you want to take it to a slightly boring place uh, of economy and, and politics, uh, Australia has a dumb economy. We only have uh, exports of raw material is our is our predominant export. Uh, the only way we create a smarter economy is through innovation and um, manufacturing with the raw materials that we already have in Australia to produce things to support our economy and small business. And the way you can do that is starting early or starting now and finding ways of manufacturing products and ideas and support networks and communities that actually create a smarter economy for australia
0: oh so important all right um let's wrap it up with a final question uh what's your favorite platform for free information because i feel like everybody in this is going to be like well now i want to build myself a remote (laughs) so where do we begin what's your best platform
1: uh, honestly, the best platform, best place to start is YouTube and jump on the education channels and just type in things that you might be interested in and look for tutorials. If you really are interested in the electronics and the tech area, there's a few that I could recommend, uh, which is Little Bird, Electronics, SparkFun, and Adafruit. Adafruit in particular was my Rosetta Stone of cool things that I wanted and then showing me how I could make them for myself. So, tech and electronics. Adafruit, um, there are some Australian companies as well that are really worth looking at, like Core Electronics and Little Bird Electronics, so getting your supplies locally. Um, as far as education tools go, start with YouTube and you'll find so many affiliate links on those tutorials that will redirect you to the community that you, you need to find.
0: Oh, so awesome. All right, um, and Erica, where can our listeners find you and your business uh, in a non-creepy way?
1: Uh, so we're on uh, LinkedIn and just just type in the, the creative dot com and that's our website.
0: Fantastic. All right, thank you so much for this very brief conversation. Um, you've joined me, Nicole McCabe, interviewing Erica Hedega from the Creative Element, uh, and. You can catch us on treatywag slash moneyhoney, which is a private group on Facebook, or you can catch Joe and myself on LinkedIn or our various websites, which we'll plug in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye. See ya. Let's Get Down to Business is a production of Money Honey Media. All advice discussed in this production is general in nature. should not be applied to your personal circumstances without first consulting the advice of a tax professional. Here at Money Honey Media, our team means everything to us. So we'd like to extend a quick thanks to Brett Hartley for our original intro music, Charlie Evans for the voluntary relinquishment of his wonderful voice for our disclaimer, and Joel, our new unpaid one-man production team. Joe and I work full-time as tax accountants with infrequent joy in our lives, so we'd really appreciate it if you took five minutes to share the podcast, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify or download from Buzzsprout. These actions get the podcast out to more listeners, and if anything, we crave the recognition. Find us on Facebook at treadywags and join the conversation. Catch you next time.